We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. My name is Rob Dosh. The gentleman you see over there on the other side of me, the one and only Jeffrey Goodman, wearing his Alabama hat, the lucky hat today. Jeff, what's going on, man? Um, I don't know. It feels like, like we just, we, we need to get moving here. We need to get moving and get the games going. Cause, uh, you know, I feel like, uh, it's dragged a long time in between the last game. Yeah. This really is dragged on forever. This has felt like the longest week of all time. Um, I am so ready for basketball. I'm done being, having to sit here and talk about things that, that the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. So, that's part of the reason why what we wanted to do today was just simply answer a bunch Am of I questions. Am I frozen here? Can you yeah, see me? Yeah, you're very frozen. All right. I'm going to be right back. You, 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 you bullshit for a minute. Take some questions, and I'll, I'll be back on. Yeah, I can't see him either. Um, Joe, I can't see him either. We'll see if he comes back. Hopefully, I think this is probably just his way of trying to get out of having to do the stream in the morning. He's uh, he hasn't been working very hard this week. Um, he's been kind of lazy, going to sleep early, sleeping in. Um, yeah, Jason, I've been waiting all week for Saturday too. It's uh, it's killing me. It's a grind. Um, we're running out of things to talk about. That's the big thing. Is we're running out of things to talk about. So please, while you're here, um, hit us with questions. Uh, eventually, Jeff is going to be back. That's at least the plan. We'll see how long it takes for him to actually figure this out. He is not the greatest. With technology, we have plenty of stories that we can tell about that uh, eventually one day. Um, yeah, so so as this fills up, <laughs> audio only is uh, is actually better for Jeff. You are correct, Joe. Um, let's see if we can get him back in here uh, and where he ended up going. Um, we might have, oh, here he comes. Do we have him back? Not quite yet. Not quite yet. Let's see if this works. There we go. We got him. All right. Welcome back, Jeffrey. Was that any better? Yeah. Now you're it is not frozen. We can see you. We got a question, Jeffrey. Okay, what do we got? NBA draft. Would you take Cam Thomas or James Booknight first if you're a GM? Take that one first. I go Booknight. I go book nut. I mean, I, I like Cam Thomas. I, I just worry about his inefficiency. Um, they're both kind of. I wonder who's bigger of the two. I feel like Booknight's probably a little bit taller. 
Um, um, but both about the same height. Cam Thomas yeah. is a little bit uh, sturdier, shall right. we say. But I think Booknight is a little bit longer. You know, they're both straight two guards who can – Cam Thomas is probably the better pure shooter. Booknight, to me, the better guy getting to the basket. Um, I think, again, to me, I think Booknight's shot will get better in time. And I, I've compared him a little bit to Donovan Mitchell at the same stage. I, I think Booknight can be a big-time scorer at the next level. Yeah, I agree. I would probably take Booknight over um, Thomas. I just think that there's more uh, potential for him to be um, more well-rounded. Right. That makes sense. Yeah, um, yeah. He's a guy like he showed off his passing ability a little bit as the season kind of progressed. Um, he's a little bit better off the bounce. Um, I think he's more athletic, whereas Cam Thomas is kind of like he's a bucket getter. And he's really good at that, and you kind of know what you're getting with him, but he basically does uh, one thing. Um, and while he does it really, really well, uh, he's not necessarily the most efficient when it comes to that. So um, that'd be that, – that's just that's just my take. I also feel like I might be a little bit biased on this one. So uh, You think? <laughs> Actually, if I, if I really was biased, then I'd be sitting here like, ah, you can't draft James Booknight. He hasn't proven he can shoot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, have him come back to school. What else we got? What else we got? Hit us with questions. All right, let's go, guys. This is question time. We've, we've gone through everything uh, over and over and over. So uh, all you guys who have been on all year, uh, give us a question. Give us something. Uh, also, uh, rest in peace to Oscar Freire, uh from Grand Canyon who passed away Tuesday morning in a car accident along with his sister and uh, unbelievable news. I mean, three days removed from playing in the NCAA tournament against Iowa. Absolutely awful news. Awful news. Oakland native. Um, they've set up, I just retweeted a GoFundMe page, Rob, that, that uh, his, his former high school coach, Frank Knight, uh, put out there. So uh, Marquette, Danny, um, I, you know, I think it's going to be a waiting game. I talked to somebody yesterday close to that deal, and, and he said, we're, we're going to move slow. We don't have to rush. Um, so I think they're going to wait certainly for, for Porter uh, Moser on that one to finish up. And, uh, you know, I would think it's Porter's the leader in the clubhouse right now. The question is, can Chaka Smart get involved, I, I think, is, is a key question there. Um uh, because I, I think he, he's got a sense he needs to get the hell out of Texas and before they, they get him out. So um, what else? What NBA team are you hoping Kate goes to, Rob? <laughs> well, the way things are going right now, it looks like he's probably going to end up with either the Rockets or the Magic at this point, right? Um, I, I hope he doesn't end up with the Rockets because it feels like that might be the worst-run organization in all of uh, American sports right now. It's bad. Uh, so – uh, well, the, ma- the Magic don't seem much better trading away uh, every top player they had yesterday for, you know, I don't even know. I mean, I guess they're trying to stockpile picks and stink, and and that's fine. Um, do I think Turgeon Altman is going to uh, get into the home? Yeah, I think Turge will, will look at no, 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 no more. No more. You're, you don't get to ask the questions anymore. Let me let me be the one to bring up the questions because you're bouncing no. too much, too much. Too much. Yeah, let me control this thing while you sit there. What do you? What is that? It's um Starbucks. I load up on these things. Oh man, those, do you know those things. Calories in each one of them. They're so delicious, though. 
Yeah, but I'm 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 so uh, slim and trim. It doesn't bother me. Um, all right, so that's actually a good one. But instead of just saying if Turgeon goes to OU, who replaces him at Maryland, um, let's open this up with uh, how good is that Oklahoma job, and who can you see getting involved? Because it feels like there are 27 mid-major coaches in the state of Texas that would make a ton of sense. Uh, there are a lot. Yeah. I, I think the Oklahoma job is like a top 30-ish job, if I had to say somewhere around there, maybe, you know, yeah, 30-ish, 40, somewhere in that range in, in the country. Um, some guys have done – I mean, listen, there's there's talent in the state. We know that every year. Um, you can get transfers there. Carlin Hartman, to me, deserves a, a look. I don't know if he'll get it. He's been there. He's recruited most of the players. So if you want to kind of keep uh, most of the, the the players in place, but I don't I don't know if he gets it. I think Joe Castiglione probably goes with a bigger name. And Joe's done a good job. I mean, listen, bringing Lon Kruger from UNLV, obviously from a football perspective, Joe's one of the best. You know, at Stadium, we did a, a thing of of the top ads based on hirings and in, in hoops in football. And he was he was the number one guy in the Big Twelve over the years, so I think he could go outside the box, Rob. And 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 why is because he's been on the NCAA tournament committee for a while. So remember, he's been there watching these guys in different venues, coach over the years, been on it for a while. So I could see him, you know, kind of like Lon. That was a shocker when he when he hired Lon because Lon had just built a new house in Vegas. And uh, so I could see him going for somebody completely outside the box on this one. Uh, but yeah, Dana Altman, I don't know. You know, Dana, again, I think would like to get back to the Midwest if he could. Um, but it's hard because wherever he goes, I don't, understand, I don't understand why he would want to leave um, Oregon. Is it just like there's the, a lot of bullshit there? There's a lot of bullshit you have to deal with with Nike. It's not easy. Like you've got to – it's not as simple as just making a decision and running your own program. You have to deal with some of the Nike people with every uh, every step you take, and maybe he's tired of that. Did we have a – did you did you bring a guest in today, Goodman? I, I might have brought a guest in without your knowledge. I might have. Knowledge. Unbelievable. Here we go. Watch out. There he is. What's happening? Alabama is that you guys got go. matching hats? Look at that. We do matching hats, and that wasn't even you like that? Big time. Where's What's up, Hodgson? Doster, where's your Tennessee hat? Uh I, I had to take it off. I had to throw it in the trash after they lost in the first round. I set it on fire. <laughs> Turn up your volume. Oh, Ryan. Turn up your volume a little bit. We can barely hear you. If you can. I don't know if that'll work, but we'll try that. All right. Or just get closer to the, you know, a little now? bit closer. How you doing over there? What, what What's it been like for you? In case people don't know, this is Alabama uh, assistant Brian Hodson, who has uh, uh, done a great job with the Crimson Tide recruiting, uh, helping Nate Oates, control Nate Oates, which is not an easy task, keeping him <laughs> in line. Um, what, what's it been like so far for you here? What's the experience been like compared to uh, – NCAA tournaments uh, in the past. Uh, for, can you hear me okay now? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so first of all, it's kind of it's kind of unique. You know, a lot of people complained early on, but but to be honest with you, I'm kind of enjoying it. You know, we uh, 
when you're at a mid-major, there's some uh, excitement about the travel and what city are you going to get chosen to play in in that first round. But, um, you know, knowing that we were coming here and kind of just setting up shop here in, in Indy, um, it's been good for our guys who have good chemistry and uh, our staff gets along well to kind of be in here together and, and uh, go through this experience together. We, you know what, we, we're enjoying it. You know, the first couple of days is, is, uh, is an adjustment. Um, but, but once that's over, man, and we're kind of, we're all on the same floor here together, um, you know, especially when you're winning, that helps. Uh, but it, it's been good. How much, like, what, what's what's it like in the bubble? What's a day-to-day, um, uh, what's it like for you day-to-day? Like, how much are you actually able to get outside? Are you actually able to see anybody? Are you, are you just kind of stuck in your rooms and you're not practicing or having team meetings? Like, what's, what's it like for you guys there? Yeah, so uh, outside, no. <laughs> we don't, we don't uh, you can reserve a time slot to walk across the field, uh, or walk across the street to Victory Baseball Field, and I guess walk laps around the field. Uh, it's not really my cup of tea. Um, Hudson, you can play badminton over there. You should work on your badminton game over there. Yeah, I saw the, some of the guys like over there that are playing badminton, not really my crowd. Um, uh, but uh, you know what? It's great. I go to Starbucks every morning. We have a Starbucks in the lobby. So that's, you know, yeah. part of my routine. That's, yeah. that's, that's yeah. the most important thing to me. I, I got this ready, Hudson. Yeah, I'm, I'm every morning uh, down in the lobby. And then, you know what, we each have a big team room. And <clears throat> what we did was uh, we brought in some uh, some a pool table, some games for our guys. We actually, like, right. rented a company here in, uh, in Indy. Our ops guy was on top of it. That's and great. It's been good because if you think about it, man, I, to be honest with you, like, we practice, we watch film, and then they're in the room. And then you eat. No, no, you do a lot of eating, a lot of meals and snacks, right? It's, it's brutal. So, like, anybody that complained about the food – is out of their mind like we the first 24 hours yes you're stuck in your room yep. you don't get a choice of what you're going to eat because it gets delivered by the hotel um and it, it, it's not five-star dining but after that it's on you it's on your school you know our our dietitian we're getting like the other, i had a i had a lobster roll last night and like cheesecake for dessert was it good it's unbelievable. It's, it's where do you get it? You got to find out where you got to find out where I know where, because I made the recommendation and look, it is one of my favorite restaurants in the country. So it's, it's somewhat fast food. It's called Slapfish. Slapfish? Slapfish. It started on the West coast. So like uh first one I went to, I think was in like Manhattan beach. It's unbelievable. And it's like really lobster rolls. Our, our guys are crushing these like uh Lobster and crab, grilled cheese. Um, so, so long story short, the tide is eating good. Um, Nate Oates is is in fact crushing milkshakes every night. Um, so there you go. Yeah, so it's the good. scoops we get. The scoops What's we that? get on this pod. Yeah, Nate Oates no is crushing milkshakes. No doubt. No, he Nate's a bit. Nate does not turn down food. Wow. He does not wow. Turn down food. What? Well, give, give me your. How long have you been with Nate now? How many years? Six. It's my six, six years. Did you know years. Nate? Did you know him before you came on board? I did not really. Um, so I was at Midland Junior College, and yeah. uh, Bobby and Nate were recruiting uh, some of my players at Midland in Texas. And uh... oh, we lost him. A frozen Hodgson. <laughs> You lost Hodgson. You lost me early. This is this is one of those pods, guys. We, we're, we're trying. It's we're one trying of those to pick it up. 
a little bit. That's, we'll how, you, that's how you know it's the Friday before the Sweet 16 starts is uh, is when you get moments like this happening. I think yeah. leave him on screen frozen like this. Oh, he's oh, back. There he, there he is. He's back. There he is. Hey, we no, can't. <laughs> no audio, but he's back. Hold on. Let me let me let me text him that this might be a short-lived appearance on the pod. He's frozen again. He's frozen again. All right, sorry, Hodgson. Tell him he's gone. All right. Uh, tell him. Tell him he got. Oh, he's back. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Yeah, audio. <laughs> there he is. Nope. No audio. I hear him a little bit. Hudson, you there? Yeah, I mean, you got me. Yeah, yeah, we got you now. We got him now. What's your story? You need a new laptop. You know that you need a new laptop. It's not the laptop. It's the the big dance Wi-Fi kicks in and like. (laughs) I mean, I'm I'm trying here. I'm trying to. Wait, 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 wait. Rob. The the big dance Wi-Fi. It's it's literally called the big dance Wi-Fi, and it's uh, it's it's tough. So hey. I was getting into it like, so describe what Nate is like for those that probably have only seen him, you know, go crazy after a win. He'll say some some stuff that is a little bit surprising to people, not surprising to me because I've known Nate a while now, but um, describe what he's like and, and, and the energy he brings and the fire he brings. So the, it, everything you see is uh... – is a watered down version so that, like you're getting like the water he, the dude doesn't drink coffee he doesn't and he doesn't intake there's no caffeine intake and he's a hundred miles an hour from the time his feet hit the floor until the time he goes to bed it's non-stop um so it's funny when like outside people do media with him you know and they're like man is nate always like i'm like yeah he's every day all day um so he it, you know he's it's it's been good to work for though and i think that's why he's successful i think when you it's, it's funny. I joke with my, some of my buddies. You think, you know, you look at some of the most successful head coaches, they're kind of high, strong yep. dudes like that, you know? Um, but no, he's, he's, uh, he's anti, anti-caffeine. He, he allows it in the office. I heard there's some places that don't allow caffeine in the office. Uh, I could not work there, but, um, but he, he's not a big caffeine guy. No caffeine in the office. That's crazy. I don't know how I, I can't function without like three cups of coffee in the morning. I'm already sitting over right here. Yeah, I, I got a buddy that works at a place that the boss does not allow caffeine. He said it's oh. a sign of weakness. Oh, come on. That's ridiculous. Hodgson, hey, does, does Nick Saban know who you are? If you walk by Nick Saban, does he have any idea who you are or does he think you're like the equipment manager? What, honestly, be honest. I'd, li- I'd like to tell myself he does, but more than likely the equipment manager. Um, but I, I have done a little bit with recruiting with them this past year. They, they, they were able to to get two big time, uh, like five-star multi-sport athletes, basketball, football guys. And I was the lead recruiter on our side for those two guys. I will never, ever coach them or see them in Coleman Coliseum. Um, but they were like the number one defensive backs in the United States. So, uh, I, I was doing zooms and like breaking down film with these guys that will never, ever play basketball again. Um, but no, they're not actually one of them practiced with us for the year kid named Kool-Aid. Uh, but yeah, so I, I did a little bit with that stuff. So that'd be the only way. Um, but in his, you know, to, to he's, I mean, the dude, like if, if he was to walk, I don't even think he can go to a restaurant in Tuscaloosa. I mean, it's impossible. 
Yeah. He yeah. literally has to get in his car and go home. Uh, it's it's a little bit of a different life, man. So talk to us a little bit about oh, there's the ding. All right, there's the ding. Um this every day, every day, Hodgson, every single day is what it's like. <laughs> that was two dings. Someone just got fired. Yeah, probably. Um, so when you when you first got on with Nate and you saw this this style of play that he had in this offense that he was running, the the only threes and only layups type deal, was that was that new to you? How much uh, did it take to kind of adjust to to playing that style? And, and why why hasn't something like that caught on more um, in college basketball? You know, we uh, it didn't. We weren't full fledged analytics when I when we first got to Buffalo. Um, if you go back and look at those teams, like our first two years, we we weren't so much um, doing what we're doing now, and then it kind of transitioned into that. Uh, but I will say that the reason why I don't think as many people are are on board uh, as as they should be is it's not easy to do as far as a getting your players to buy into. Hold on a second. I can't. You don't want me taking mid-range jump shots. Um, and then, you know, it's to be honest with you, you have to recruit to that. So you can't just take a roster you have now and say, oh, I'm going to flip it to play this way. You know, like we you have I mean, our big shoot threes, Alex Reese is lighting people up in the NCAA tournament from three right now. Jordan Bruner is an elite three point shooter. So, you know, you can't take another roster with traditional bigs and say, OK, this is how I'm going to play, because at the end of the day, one of the worst points per possession offensive, uh, you know, possessions you can have is a post touch, you know, it's a post post up on the block, like old school smash mouth basketball analytically. That's a bad, it's a bad shot. You know, you, you're dribbling four or five, five seconds. One guy's holding the ball, trying to get a shot at the rim, you know, a, a jump hook from the top of the restricted is a analytically a bad shot. So it's just it's just different. You have to recruit to it. It's a multi-year process, but we we've got it there right now. I'm sure you've seen with the amount of three-point attempts we're uh, we're putting up. Yeah, yeah I would uh, I would have been a big fan of playing um, in your system. Only three. I wouldn't have taken the layups though. So, yeah. uh, I don't I don't need any paint touches. No doubt. No Getting doubt. close to the three-point line is a paint touch for me. Um, yeah. so I, I do. I have one more. I do have one more question for you. So, so Nate came on uh, the show that we do over at Stadium the other day, and he was telling me how you guys have um, an offensive coordinator and a defense coordinator on the staff. And I'm just curious, how did you uh, how did you end up being the laundry coordinator for a staff? <laughs> <laughs> I, I got really good at laundry, um, you know, through my JUCO days. So, like, I usually I start my mornings with coffee, then laundry. Um, and then I usually make like some sandwiches for the squad to, to kind of have throughout the day if guys get hungry. Um, and then, you know, just help anywhere else where needed, you know. So, um, but no, I, I'll tell you what, the scouting side of it has been super beneficial to us. And Nate, we adopted it at Buffalo. And I'll be honest with you, a big reason why we adopted it was at Buffalo, I was really the only guy that recruited. So I was on the road all the time. And so it was tough to like split scouts because I might be gone for a week and then come back and have a scout immediately. So Nate was like, look, you know, Purdue, Purdue started this, I believe as far to my knowledge, at least. Uh, and we have a guy on staff, Adam Bowman, who's tied into the guys at Purdue a little bit. Um, and Nate was like, you know what, let's try it. The one thing that I like about it is all three assistants are locked into every game. So when I turn around to ask a question, I don't have one guy looking at me like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like I'm not, you know, I'm That's watching yeah. I'm watching Kentucky. I'm not, I don't I don't know anything about Tennessee. So 
we found that it's been, I mean, if you go back and look at our, our record since we started doing this, it's been pretty good. Uh, we actually had a question in the chat, Hodgson. Uh, they want to know about the practice battles between Kyra Lewis and Javon Quinterly last year. Man, they, they were they were big time. We knew um, – now there's always two – there's always – there's no pre- – you know, JQ didn't have any real pressure. You know, he didn't have to play. Um, so I'm not – we love him. He's playing his butt off right now. He made Kyra better and Kyra made him better for sure. It was like the best case scenario. I mean, you had two – high-level point guards battling it out every possession in practice. Um, and, and they would frustrate the hell out of each other. We do a deal, a drill called perfect stops, and you literally, like, you have to get uh, – run the other team down all the way to the end of the shot clock. And with those two on the floor, it's nearly impossible. I mean, like, they're – you know, they're so quick. They shoot it at such a high level. A lot of people question Kyra's uh, potential at the next level. Well, they need to go check out a Pelicans game right now because every time they play, his minutes go up and up. So we're, great we're kid, yeah. great, great, great kid. Unbelievable. I, my favorite player in the country, I'll say it to anybody, Herbert Jones. My favorite player, salt of the earth kid, does everything for the team. How much, I'll let you go after this question, but how much has he meant to the program in terms of turning it because of the culture and everything he brings to the table? Yeah, I, I it's I don't even want to think about losing Herbert Jones. I mean, the, he he's a kid that if 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 you came to me and said you could coach one kid for the rest of your coaching career, like he's there, it's her. I mean, he's he literally is that. I mean, the dude is like outside of basketball, he cares about his family, God, and fishing. You know what I mean? Like, there's no there's yeah. nothing high maintenance about the dude. He yeah. shows up to work every day. The guy played in a cast. He played 10 games this year where he couldn't even like feel the, his, his right glute and into his, you know, his leg. Like it was when we played at Oklahoma, he could barely move. And like, there's no, like not playing is not an option. Yeah, I um, love it. Love it's it. just, it's just unbelievable. And so that stuff rubs off onto other dudes. Your yeah. ankle's a little bit tight and you're like questioning whether you're going to practice or not. And then you see Herb Jones down the, you know, sitting at the other end of the sideline. You're like, no, I, I got to go. Like, this dude, and he, he's just special, man. Like, to, to, to be our fourth leading scorer and be player of the year in the league tells you a lot about what other people think of him, too. Sure. You know, so we're, well, we're fortunate between him and Petty um, and, and Alex. We, we inherited we inherited good players. You did. You did. And I, I say that. We, you and I were talking before we got on here, and you're like, you, you weren't sold on our staff at Alabama. And, and I said to you, I, well, I wasn't because none of you guys had any familiarity with Alabama. Now, you kept Petway, who's been at Alabama for like eight straight coaches. Um, he's going to outlive everybody at Alabama. But but what what you guys did, and I think you just mentioned it, the difference when you, when you bring in a staff out of region and they don't have talent and you don't win right away, it's, it's very difficult. But when you're able to win, people forget now. People don't care that Nate Oates isn't from Alabama – You've won, right? It makes it a whole lot easier in recruiting, doesn't it? hundred percent. And 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 we brought our philosophy from Buffalo. If you go look at our Buffalo roster, our best players were from California, Florida. Right. You know, we don't like the whole area thing. To me, that that's extinct. It's done. Like you just you can't just recruit like your area. Like blue buds are coming into that area and plucking yeah. kids out. You know, yeah. if you're at Georgetown, you just you can't just recruit DC. You know, and it's Florida, you just can't recruit just Florida. So 
you know, Petway brings that, like that dude, you're talking Alabama, Georgia, Mississippi, you know, that that's the dude. And then I brought what, you know, my stuff from the Northeast and we kind of yeah. combined it and put some pieces together and, and, you know, we like. Oh, there we yep. go. There it goes. Perfect timing. All there right. All right, Hodgson. Listen, thanks, thanks man. If you can hear us, thanks for joining us. Um, go get a snack. Go get a snack, my man. All right, Brian Hodgson. I, I knew you'd enjoy that one, Duster. That was a good one. That was a good one. I knew I you'd enjoy it. it. Yeah, like it, it, part of the fun now is, is surprising you. That, that's part yeah. of the fun of, of this of this podcast. I, I hope you guys like that part. I don't know if you do, but I think this week again, it got it can get a little repetitive. Uh, we'll take a few more of your questions and then we'll bounce. So uh, go ahead, yeah, Rob. We, we, have, we, have a, we have a couple more here. Um, the, so the the I just wanted to make one point on on. Oklahoma, um, how like, there's so many good uh, assistants at kind of like the mid-major ranks in, in Texas and Oklahoma and in that area yeah. that I feel like they're going to have a plethora of options. You like that word, Jeffrey? A plethora of plethora. options? Yes, I like it. I like it. Um, th- what are your thoughts on the Louisville situation, their assistant coach situation, and the players that have uh, decided to decommit from that program? Who else decommitted from Louisville? It was two, they had two recruits that uh, that decommitted. Did they? Um, yeah, I mean, I think part of it is was just the staff uh, dynamic didn't didn't work that well. So I think Chris Mack felt like he needed to change. Also, you look at that roster and you're like, how many dudes did they have on that team that were Louisville good? Right? Like they had a lot. You know, Malik Williams was the previous staff. David Johnson. Um, you know, obviously Carleek a transfer, grad transfer, who was terrific. So I, I think part of it was Chris Mack shaking things up a little bit. You don't get to the tournament at Louisville. Um, you can't do that two years in a row, and I think Chris Mack understood that. You know, Dino Gaudio getting older, uh, he, he and, and Mack were, were tight from their uh, Xavier days, right, under under uh, Skip. So, you know, I think I'm sure that was a hard decision, and Luke Murray's one of the best assistant coaches in the game. And uh, that was a surprise to a lot of people. Yeah, I don't think Luke's going to be uh, be out for too long. Um, so we have – this is actually a question. Uh, it's about Walker Kessler. Um, but I want to know, like, what, what's your take on what is what's going on there? Because I'm sure you've heard plenty of rumors about how there, there might be more departures than just Walker yeah. Kessler. Dayron Sharp is going pro. Um, so what is what's that's what's, like that's real like Dayron Sharp going pro nobody's going to say like all right like well, why the, the bigger question I was going to ask is it's not just North Carolina it's um, it feels like every time every time I open up the transfer portal every time I open up Twitter there's like 37 more names in there there's yeah. there's 25 more people that are um, that are transferring or that are announcing or that yep. are making like and there's it feels like there's a lot more big names than there there typically is so. Um, why? Well, there are because every senior. Here's the problem too: all these seniors that maybe didn't have great years are just like I'm going to throw my name in the portal and like see. It, it doesn't hurt them; they get another year anyway. It's like I'm just going to throw my name in the portal and let's see who comes calling. Why wouldn't I? And if nobody big comes calling or nobody I like, then I'll be done and I'll try to start my career in basketball, a career out of basketball. So I, I think that's part of why the, the portal is so crazy. I mean, you always have some big names, but it's going to be worse this year because everybody thinks 
and, and, and it's insane that the NCAA hasn't ruled on this. The dumbest thing ever. You've had this long. Rule on the one-time transfer waiver rule. Like, rule make, on it now. Just make a decision. You just need to make a decision. Right. Because right, these kids, now they're not going to stand in the way. All these kids going on the portal, they would have to give everybody a waiver like they did this past year. You know, they gave them their year back. My guess is they'll just give it a blanket waiver. But but just rule on it so these kids know for sure. Like, come on. Yeah, you got to make that decision. All right. Um, how much will Florida State's length be a factor against Michigan? I think I think that's going to be the, the, a huge problem. I think yeah, that's maybe the, the difference. Why, yeah, the, the reason why – I mean, that's the entire reason why I'm, I'm worried about um, Michigan in this matchup is just because we've seen what Florida State can do uh, when you have small point guards against them. They can just absolutely envelop you. And um, I, I think that – the key is going to be how well they're able to utilize Hunter Dickinson. Um, right. One of the problems with – okay, so there's, there's two ways to look at this. One, um, Florida State has a big guy in, in Balsa, um, and the, uh, the kid that transferred in – I can never remember his actual name. Um, the kid that transferred in from Ryerson yeah. in Canada. Yeah. And both of those guys are big. I don't think either of them are anywhere near strong enough to be able to deal with Hunter in the post. And the other thing is they switch everything. So it's very easy to put Hunter in a ball screen and get someone smaller on him and then find a way to get him the ball in the post. But there's there's two things to that. One, uh, ball pressure can make it very, very difficult to throw an entry pass, especially if you have someone like Mike Smith being guarded by someone that is 6'9", 7' foot with a huge wingspan. Um, the other problem is that they can push you out so far on the perimeter uh, that when you actually throw that entry pass, it ends up like Hunter Dickinson ends up getting it 15 feet away from the basket. And when he's 15 feet away from the basket, it doesn't really matter who's on him. That's where you want him to catch the ball. So, um, yes, to answer your question, I am very worried about Florida State's length. The one thing I will say is this, though, Jeff. Defensively, this Florida State team is not anywhere near as good as they've been the last couple of years. Right. Uh, they have guys – they have this length, length and athleticism, but those guys can be beaten off the dribble. It's different than – like last year, Devin Vassell and um, – Pat Williams. Pat Williams. Oh. Two of the best defensive players you're ever going to see. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Who um, was the point guard? I'm blanking on his name. Trent Forrest. Forrest. Um, yeah. Forrest. yeah. Trent Forrest was really, really good. So yep. they they lost a couple guys that that made them elite. Now they're still really switchable and they still play a style that makes it difficult for you to run the, your offense. But their their entire their entire model defensively is uh, is forcing people to win in isolation, and they don't have guys that are as good in winning in isolation. Oh. Here's another one for you. What's the Coach Brennan situation at Cincinnati? Because this, <laughs> I've heard, like this is uh, very tenuous, very tenuous, very, right very tenuous, and it has a lot to do with the way that he has treated the players and the way that he kind of. Yeah, uh, and I talked to I talked to um, to one former player now because a bunch of guy on the portal and whatnot. The other day, and, and and I asked him. I said, "Are we talking like, you know, physical or verbal abuse?" He said, "No, no, absolutely not." Uh, I, I think the biggest thing that he used was trust with with Brandon. It's not Brandon; it's John Brandon. Um, you know, and I, and I think they've obviously they're looking into him right now at Cincinnati. There are a lot of people that think he'll be gone. Um, I don't think it's it's quite at that point yet, but it, it certainly could be soon. So, you know, Brandon, uh, Brian Gregory at South Florida, those are two to keep an eye on. 
it's funny. I never, I didn't say anything yesterday morning about the Lon Kruger situation. I, I, I knew that was going to happen uh, at some point yesterday, but I forgot to say it in the morning here. Um, so I, I think the other one to watch for is South Carolina and Frank Martin. Is that, is that when you say that, is that a situation where it could end up opening because he makes a decision to leave or a situation where South Carolina and they could, it could be one of these things where they parted ways, so to speak. Um, well, I, I think part of it is, is again, is, is, uh, with a lot of these situations, there's an offset. So these schools, before they fire their coach or part ways, they hope that their coach gets another job, right? Because then they don't have to pay all that money. So it's, it's hey, I'll give you a month or I'll give you a couple of weeks and let's see if you can get something else. It's going to help both of us. It's going to help us financially. It's obviously going to help you because if you're, if you're out there as, as parting ways with somebody, it's harder to get a job when you don't have one. Um, so I think that's, that's probably the case in, in this situation. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, do we have anything else here um, before we get out of here? Um, what so, else? Uh, trying to think what else is going on. Tomorrow we get games. What's the first game? Two o'clock? Yeah, one o'clock. Tomorrow we'll go through and we'll break down every single game um, kind of in detail. Uh, we did that a little bit on some day this week. Was it Tuesday or Wednesday or something? We went through every game. But we'll go through it in detail. I'm, I'm, I'm going through – I'm doing full breakdowns right now. Um, <laughs> What's that? What are you laughing at? Logan, uh, Lon announced yesterday that he is he's retiring and he's moving to Vegas to be with his son and his uh, granddaughter. He's got a granddaughter, right? Because his son just got UNLV. Yeah, and he's got other grandkids. So yeah, and I, I, like, I don't know. So you 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 know more than this because you have a relationship with Lon. But I was told the reason why this kind of happened um, as quickly as like there's been speculation that Lon was going to retire for a while, and I was told that the reason there's two reasons why yeah. he made the decision now is that. One, his son got the job at UNLV, and he wants yeah. to go be with his son and be with his granddaughter, be with family. And two, what happened with Lou Hill? And he he was kind of like, I don't need to be doing this anymore. I've made enough money. Um, I I I want to be able to enjoy uh, enjoy. Well, this was always the plan. I mean, that that that's the thing. This was always the plan. It was going to be. I mean, there were a lot of assistant coaches on his staff that left for other jobs because they were worried that Lon was going to retire. But, no, the, the, the key here was Kevin Kruger got the job. And and Lon is all about his family and yeah. all about making sure that Kevin Kruger has the best chance to succeed. So he, he told me, he's like, I'm not going to be there in an official capacity, but I'll be there for my son. And anything he needs, you know, he just – I guess they built a new house in Vegas. And uh, he's helping him assemble his staff right now. He's making calls. Because Lon knows all these guys. He knows all the coaches. He's plugged in. So he is helping Kevin Kruger in any way he can. Uh, because this was a surprise hire at UNLV. Nobody thought Kevin Kruger was going to get the job. Uh, Desiree, the AD there, uh, made a, a, a outside-the-box decision. Because, I mean, again, we're seeing it here lately with these assistants getting good jobs. Like, that doesn't traditionally happen with, with Ben Johnson getting Minnesota you know what I have heard, though? I, I have liked that they've that schools have made some of these 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 hires and taken some yeah. of the risks. Um, I think, you know, I, I wrote a big thing about this. I know you've been pretty vocal about this about how uh, 
the, the percentage of white coaches in the sport that is overwhelmingly black. Yep. Yep. And I think it was I, – I got to check the updates based on the hires that have been made recently, but I think it was 11 of the first 16 coaches that were hired in this cycle were black. And yeah. um, you're seeing – like Kim English, an assistant getting hired at a good George Mason job where there were head coaches. Kim English. That, yeah, exactly. There were, I never where Kim other coaches were involved. And Ben Johnson – getting the, the Minnesota job when there were other sitting head coaches and guys that maybe had uh, better resumes that were involved. And, and I, I think it's good. You know, I, for, I don't think it's a, it's a coincidence that, that Mike Boynton is having the success that he's having. Um, and I, I do think that it is worth, worth taking shots on, on, on those guys a little bit more. So I, I was happy to see that. And um, I think it's a, it's a good thing. And, and I'm Logan, gonna, man, Logan, you got to like, that was a rough one for you. Not knowing yeah, about yeah, we got we got to we got we got to get we got to keep Logan up to date. Logan, Logan, tech, DM, me, DM me your info and I'll, we'll make sure we we we, we keep you yep. updated. Every every time Goodman breaks news on Twitter, he's just going to tag Logan. In it. Exactly, <laughs> Logan. That's right. That's right, Logan. You're going to uh, be informed. Trust me. All right, guys. This 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 one was a little bit of a mess today, but we'll be back. Uh, we'll be hitting it hard tomorrow. We're going to go through every single game live um, right here. So, uh, tomorrow, Sweet Sixteen, baby. Love Actually, it. basketball. It's been so long. Man. And you know what the best part is, Jeff? We get to bet on stuff again, man. I'm up. I'm I don't even remember what I already I, I already put some stuff in. It feels like like months ago that I put stuff in. <laughs> Five years ago, right? Right. All right. All right, guys. We'll see you tomorrow.